The Protectors of the Wood episode series. Episode number 25, The Meeting in Reverend Tuck's Office. At the end of the service, Abby and her friends rose as a tight group. They hugged each other and spoke softly, obviously enjoying this moment. A few others joined them with greetings and expressions of joy that Abby had returned. She was overwhelmed by this reception and was close to tears again. Sarah maneuvered through the crowd up to Abby's ear and said, Come to Tuck's office in 20 minutes. Important meeting. Abby nodded. Oh my, it's already about that damned interview. If they don't like it and make it disappear, so much the better. I can see why Wendy wants me to be normal. It means low profile, almost invisible. That will do for me. Abby thanked people right and left for their support and embraced everyone in sight. Then, as the group splintered into smaller discussions, she slipped out the door and made it to her cottage without an annoyance of any kind. And look, there's Officer Harley at the front gate. They are serious about security today. Lying on her bed and looking at the ceiling, she felt weak and dizzy and began to dream. She was in a boat, zooming down the Half Moon River, carried along by the flood as if she were on a roller coaster flying through the sky. Suddenly, with a jerk, she sat up. Oh my God, I'm late. She threw water on her face and decided to walk directly to the front door of the church office where Janet would receive her. The side door would be locked and Tuck would already be busy at this meeting. Janet turned from her computer as Abby appeared and said, Hurry along, dear. They're all in Reverend Tuck's office. All, she says. How many is that? A crowd? Abby approached the office with dread. (sighs) I'm late, and this is all about me. (sighs) All right. Just kill the interview without making it a big deal. The door was a few inches open, and Abby peeked into the room. Tuck met her eye. Oh, there you are. Just in time. Please join us. Hmm. He doesn't seem angry. Sarah, Freddie Baez, the bishop, and Tuck were already seated around the long table. A television screen was set up at the end of the table near the door. You know Freddie Baez, don't you, Abby? Her mind was a blank. Freddie rushed to her rescue. Of course. We met at the concert at the coffee shop. Here, Abby, pull that chair next to me. He wore a wrinkled gray suit and held a fedora hat in his hands. She noticed his smile and dancing eyes, communicating excitement as if it were Christmas morning for a ten-year-old. Abby waved to Sarah and raised her eyebrows, as if to say, What gives? Sarah gave a smile but shrugged. Hmm, she's not sure. We'll see. The bishop was the first to speak. Let me thank you all for being here. I'm grateful and eager to get started. We must decide the future of Sarah's recent interview with Abby. Since everything is political and controversial these days, and the interview was recorded on church grounds with the church employee, we have to face the fact that many will see Abby as speaking for the church. 
And since it is well known that I am spending time here, people will see her as a speaking for me. The bishop looked around the table. No one replied. But look at his face. He's not angry. His eyes are shining like stars. We've got the mountains and hills for company. We've got the clouds and the storms and a billion stars to see. We've got the rain and streams and rivers and the sea. And with the children running round us, it's heaven all for free. It's heaven all for free, right here and right now. It happens all around us, no one knows how. It may take a million years to build the house of God. We can start right here. We can start right now. We can start right here. We can start right now. Now, of course, this interview is important to Freddie as a newspaper editor and to Sarah as a friend and colleague of all of us. And it's impossible to overestimate the pressure this interview could put on Reverend Tuck and the discussions and conflicts that could result. So we all have an interest in this video, positive or negative. I suggest we take a look at it and talk it over. Everyone nodded. Of course. Let me mention that I've taken the liberty of making a few small changes, such as Sarah's voiceover during the opening view of the cottage, uh, the elimination of a few silences and delays, and cleaning up the sound. But we have not edited out a single word of this video. We would like to publish it as is. Also, I should tell you that we plan to distribute it free to any newspaper that wants it either in print, as a podcast, or as a video for social media or television news. We will, however, aggressively attack any misquotations or attempts to change the meaning of what is said. We plan to quote large segments of the conversation in an article for Tuesday's print edition and publish the whole interview in our online edition. Any questions or suggestions? Tuck looked at the bishop and spoke up. Uh, I'm curious, uh, do you have any misgivings, either from a commercial, ethical, or <laughs> from any point of view at all? Well, I do foresee controversy, of course. But all change, all new ideas and visions bring controversy. If we avoid it, we might as well quit our careers in public service. You know what I'm saying? Tuck nodded. Well, let's see it. <laughs> I'm on pins and needles. Sarah clicked a handheld device, and the screen lit up with a view of the churchyard, overlaid with print in large blue letters, and, as background music, an instrumental break from a Rolling Thunder Band song. The large blue letters, in capital letters, read, The Evansville Record Presents Sarah Williams' 
interview with Abby Chapman. Sarah's voice introduced the churchyard and the cottage. The credits appeared, and then the camera zoomed in on the interview scene itself. Tuck turned the lights off, and the group watched in complete silence. At the end, no one clapped or said a word. Sarah switched off the video, and Tuck turned the lights on. The bishop spoke up. Well, don't be shy. We know Freddie's opinion. How about the rest of you? Sarah was eager to speak. I can't help but notice that when you point out the interview's importance to each of us, you did not include Abby. In the long run, it may mean more to her, positive or negative, than anyone else. Abby was looking down at the table. The group turned to her and waited. Finally, she raised her head and said, I'm sorry to cause such trouble to all you busy people. I knew I had to talk to a reporter at some point, and I really didn't want to bring other people into the picture, so I handled it the way you see. But I realized that in trying to keep other people out of trouble, I put all of you in a great deal of trouble. I won't mind at all if we just park the video on a shelf somewhere and let it be. Abby, I appreciate that. But for the sake of argument, let's assume that it's not a bit of trouble to any of us. What would you personally like to do? Sarah is right. You are the keep in this discussion. You'll be provoking the hostility of people, perhaps thousands of people, who won't like what you have to say. That will be rough. None of us can choose that burden for you. But I need the guidance of all of you. I'm not experienced in church politics, theology, social media, or the clash of ideologies in the wide world. I ask all of you, will it do good or harm to adopt Freddie's plans? I think I deserve an answer. Well, I've always said you're not as naive as you pretend. Good reply to us authority figures. Makes us take a stand. I, for one, approve Freddie's plan 100%. If I back out, I might as well retire. I've been waiting 20 years for something like this. Something people would actually read and argue over, and here it is. I say we go ahead. If Abby agrees, then I agree. The bishop looked around the table. Abby did not speak or give any expression at all. To some extent, Abby will be taking the heat for all of us. But next Sunday, I promise you that I will present my own views to the congregation and take some pressure off of Abby and Reverend Tuck. I'll do my best to carry my share of the weight as well. The fact is that I'm delighted with the interview. I believe it needs to be published, but I'm worried about Abby and Tuck who have carried the burden of all this conflict so far. If they are willing to endure it, I'll support them with all the muscle and influence I can find. I'm afraid they'll need it. Abby smiled. In that case, I say yes. Tuck began clapping. Everyone joined him. By the way, I think we should view ourselves as a group of allies. I'm honored to be a member. 
He turned to Freddy. Let's go ahead, exactly as you planned. Freddy stood up. Not a problem, Bish. We'll take care of it. I'm thrilled. Sarah and I will be off and get this thing moving. I still have to run it by the owners. Sorry the rush, but hey, that's news business. Sarah, don't forget anything now. They all rose and waved as Freddy and Sarah raced out the door. Abby took her leave from Tuck and the bishop, who both promised to be there for her whenever she might need them. Halfway across the churchyard, Abby burst into tears and continued crying into her pillow. It was all involuntary. She didn't know if she was happy or sad. All the support was wonderful, but she felt out of control. It was scary. Anything could happen. She ate all five remaining bars of amaranth and honey and two sliced apples. I've got to find more food. I need some clothes for work, but I'm afraid to walk on the street and go shopping. I appreciate Tuck and the Bishop, but I'm shocked they're going for it. I'm really very flattered to have them care, and I'm glad, but they're not going to provide a guard 24-7. The street was deserted outside the front gate. No more security now that the church service is over. I do believe I'm getting a little paranoid. This is like a roller coaster, and I've almost crashed several times now. Abby promised herself, and all the powers that be, that she would avoid all future interviews, escapades, indiscreet relationships, even ordinary socializing. I think I'll be absent next Sunday. Let the bishop take the spotlight. Yuvia and I can do something together. I'll make myself scarce. Every day, I'll arrive early and stay late at the preschool. Any other free time, I'll work on the churchyard. And I'll... She had a strange idea. No, that's stupid. Well, maybe not. She walked out to the tool shed and found a heavy piece of pipe about four feet long and set it by her bed. Then she took the key to the back door of the churchyard out of the jar and she put it on her own key ring. If I need to escape, I won't have to return for the key. She spent the next hour doing her laundry in the church basement and then mowed the front of the churchyard near the sidewalk. The sun was going down behind Bridge Avenue by the time she finished. Ah, a perfect time for watering everything. And then I'll be so tired and hungry, I'll think about nothing but eating and sleeping. It all worked out according to plan. She set her timer for 7 a.m. Thanks for listening. Episode number 26 is coming soon. To hear all the episodes, please visit our website at www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, please visit us at Protectors of the Wood Book Series. Closing in on me It's gotten so That I can't see My star no more
my God, no more of these closing doors. And I don't know what to say, but my thoughts they won't play like they used to in my mind. And I sit here inside, just wasting my time. It's all from my worst dream Dark vision that I have seen And it's always there At the corner of my eye Somewhere in my heart Somewhere in my mind The world's closing in on me It's gotten so that I can see my star no more My God, no more of these closing doors